I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And we're inviting you to a lady date, a place to connect, speak openly, and learn from each other's experiences. Today's podcast is our final episode of season one. Thanks for being here with us. And today we're going to talk about where we've been and where we're going. And Needle wants to say hi too. <laughs> I like him as soon as I start talking. It's and all right everybody we are wrapping up season one i cannot believe it it's incredible we made it jess we made it i'm truly shocked i know it feels weird to be ending something that took so long to start it's kind of crazy yeah what a moment good for us uh and it's perfectly timed right at the end of the year so since it's the end of the year we're coming to a close on 2020 also thank god and (laughs) finally (laughs) we're wrapping up our season so to start us off today as we have with every episode we're gonna do an icebreaker uh so i got to choose this one so this one is are there any specific animals you're afraid of and why Probably, I mean, yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) There are definitely animals that I'm afraid of. I have to say that I'm most terrified of animals in the ocean, mainly because I don't feel like I'm the strongest swimmer. So if it were to come down to me being in the ocean with a creature from the depths coming at me and I had to swim for my life, woof, I don't know if I'd make it. We have watched a few episodes of River Monsters where I'm pretty close to never wanting to be in a body of water again. Just like I'll observe from the shore. I'll just I'll just be a beach person in the sand. Oh yeah. It's such a disadvantage. You can't breathe on the water. You can't move as well on the water. No. I mean, I think there are a lot of beautiful and fascinating creatures that live in the water. Just watched my octopus teacher and really fell in love with I feel like fell in love more with how the amazing beautiful creature known as an octopus um that was my way of getting around saying a plural version of the word octopus (laughs) um the long way around took took a long way but we're fine here (laughs) uh I I just like I think they're fascinating and that movie that documentary on Netflix was truly like such a beautiful way to see just how amazing of a creature an octopus is but what about you Sarah? Well I feel like you probably know this one um I have a very uh extreme fear of sharks which I feel like is a normal fear for most people. But having grown up in Michigan surrounded by lakes even if I was in the lake I would get a little bit like freaked out about you know a potential predator in the water of it's the shark there shark. yeah oh like, are at such a disadvantage and like a lake shark a lake shark well you know it's it's not <laughs> not a rational fear there are a hundred percent i know there are no lake sharks but it's like you get out into the open water and you just get this feeling of like vulnerability you know it's murky you can't always see all the way especially like depending on where you're at you can't see no way down no and like it's not going to be a quick death so it's really just terrifying all around (laughs) yeah yeah okay 
Yeah. I guess so sharks for sure. You'll hang out on the shore with me. We'll be shore oh. friends. Oh, yeah. But mine goes, like, if someone's playing, like, a video game, so, like, any of, like, the Assassin's Creed games where you're supposed to, like, do underwater adventures, but then, like, sometimes you get attacked by a shark because what else would attack you in the water? I can't, I can't watch it. I can't play that version, like, that part of the game. It really extends into a lot of areas in my life. Fair. Yeah. Stays with you. Man. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure people would say, like, land predators which are we're probably more likely to encounter but i honestly can't think of any i mean like a big cat i would not really want that to happen like a no. being stalked by a cougar Ooh. no no thank you a bear i have a deep respect for the animal kingdom let's just say that oh yeah i am not going to try and cross any of you no especially apex predators like you've you've earned your spot i would yeah. really like to avoid you <laughs> yeah yep 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 Yeah. Wow. What a way to start the episode. (laughs) A little bit of fear. Yeah. (laughs) Vulnerable and honest today. Love it. Love it. It's a great way to end the year, end the season. Just vulnerability. I'm here for it. (laughs) Well, so like you mentioned, Sarah, this is definitely an episode of reflection. And so I think it's worth us kind of going back in time a little bit and thinking back to what kind of advice we would have given a younger us. Like if you were to meet yourself, younger version of you, and be able to give them some advice, let's say like career wise, let's keep it, you know, because it could go a lot of different directions. But as far as with your career, what kind of advice would you give to yourself? Oof. So many, so many things, so many things. But the funny thing is, like, I don't know if I would change anything, you know, it's like advice always comes with this like negative, like, what would you do differently? Which I don't know if I would, because everything just kind of combines into something great. You know, it's like I am where I am in my career because of all the things that I've done. So um, changing it would have changed where I'm at, which I like where I'm at. So but anyway, I think advice wise, so I so I started my career as a wedding coordinator and I felt a little bit like lost and a little bit uh, focused at the same time because I, I had kind of like right out of college decided really quickly that I wanted to be a wedding planner and I was pretty confident about it. But then making that decision put me in a very narrow market. So I consistently kind of took on more and more projects to uh, get more experience in what I was doing. And what I was doing, I felt like would always be in the events world. And what it turned out to be was much, much bigger. And all of those pieces kind of fit into every role I've ever had in marketing, right? So I starting my career, I never would have guessed that I would have ended up where I'm at. I never would have thought I would have been in, in a in a marketing role in general, right? Because that's not what I studied. And that wasn't the plan. So I guess my key pieces of advice would probably be like, you can't really plan for anything. You're going to have to change and (laughs) that's fine. And you're going to have to be flexible and that's okay. But then in the short term, I think that learning how to project manage and plan in the near term is super, super important and invaluable to every other step you take in your career. So I feel like if I could go back and be like, hey, it's okay. You don't need to change anything. It's going to change anyway. But like, these are your key takeaways. I feel like that's yeah. what I would offer is like a little, a little consolation, maybe not a like, do it differently, you know? Right. 
like a direction or like this is the path you have to take yeah don't make this mistake but like it's just it's gonna be okay it'll all work out well and like how do we know what the right answer is like we're still so early on in navigating what we're trying to figure out for ourselves that like who knows if we had made different decisions where it would have taken us or if it would have taken us in a direction that we were were to be really unhappy in yeah I totally get that I think one of your points of allowing for flexibility is huge I think oftentimes there's a lot of pressure to feel like you need to have it all figured out and you need to know like that question of where do you want to be in five years like it's good to think about some of the things you want to have incorporated in your life or have as a part of your lifestyle but that question can be really damning and that who knows who knows what like I want to be safe and I want to be happy. And like, what does that even mean? Um, And when it comes to career, that can mean and look and come in so many different forms. Um, So being open-minded and being flexible uh, to taking on opportunities when they present themselves, even if you didn't like perfectly calculate it, I think is great advice. Um, For me, like to tack on to what you said, I think all of your advice is really good. I would also just... um, try and encourage young Jess to not be afraid to ask questions. I like figured that out a little bit later on than I wish I had, but I felt like, you know, for a long time, asking questions just made you look dumb. And I later on realized that asking questions weren't a sign of weakness. It was a sign of just making sure you understood and making sure you understand is a good thing. So I think that being open to asking questions and being not afraid to ask questions. um, And then I think also finding people to be part of your, uh, I hate the word network, because like networking is so dry and (laughs) like cringeworthy of like, oh, you have to go to networking events. But I think um, making connections with people. Yeah. So you know, having individuals in your corner that you can talk to, that you can bounce ideas around with, um, very similar to, I think, the relationship that you and I were able to create, Sarah. Like, I wish I had had somebody, you know, 10 years ago that I could have really talked about these types of things with. And you you have close friends, but in a professional setting, for that kind of life uh, circumstances, it's nice to be able to have a network of individuals that you can just kind of bounce ideas and and talk to and see where other people are applying for jobs or see where um, they're interning. I never interned. I didn't know what the heck I was supposed to do. (laughs) Missed opportunity. Yeah, totally. I feel like the people that I was friends with in college didn't even, weren't even near the same career path that I was. So we didn't have the same kind of like talks about what to do next it was all like who like are you do you have a job lined up that was all it ever was there was never an avenue of like oh well you should have an internship first or make these kind of connections in your industry you want to get into because like I ended up in an internship for wedding planning the summer after my my like last year in college but that was very much a like spur of the moment oh shit I don't have a job what do people without a job do (laughs) they do free internships which you know is what it is but yeah it wasn't like an intentional like oh here's your path it was like 
how do you get into the professional world? This is how. So, yeah, yeah. I wish I'd had more of those connections too. I feel that for sure. Yeah. All the things we could have done. The things. But I think to I think to your point about how you wouldn't change anything. I think that's a really important piece to emphasize more that you've gotten here, you've gotten to this point and it's okay. Not, you know, everything happens for a reason. Not that. It's that the work that you've put in, the path that you've gotten on, where you're at now, take advantage of it. And open up as many of those doors as you can without sounding so cheesy, but (laughs) that those experiences are going to, to build you up and they might be really challenging or they might be really great. It could be anything. There's going to be a lesson learned there. It's an important thing to kind of give yourself some time to reflect back on and figure out like what that lesson was. So yeah, exactly. You you can choose to use whatever you've learned, even if it doesn't feel relevant or if it was, you know, something in the service industry and you end up in a very different field, like you you can use everything. Yeah, for sure. Do you feel like you would give any additional advice to somebody that's trying to get started in marketing specifically? Oh boy. <laughs> Probably <laughs> yes. But because I didn't start in marketing specifically, I feel like it's a little bit like tainted. I don't know if that's the right word, but like full caveat, I did not start in marketing. So I can't say like, hey, this is what you should do. Um, But based on how I got where I am, if you wanted to start a career in marketing, I feel like you have to be you have to kind of accept the fact that you are going to do a little bit of everything to start (laughs) out with and you are not going to have a lot of autonomy. Which for young Sarah, that would have been very hard for me. I really like owning things and making decisions. And I mean, I still, yeah, I still do. But if young (laughs) Sarah... Just starting out, yeah. Just starting out, I would have had a hard time. Um, You know, authority issues, whatever. It's deeper, you know, who cares? Um, But I feel like that would have, that's a, that's a big one. Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to do a lot of things you probably won't like. And that's just part of the journey. Like once you get to a point where you can be more... Uh, specific in your role, you will then know what you don't like to do. And you can give that to another person that maybe likes to do that instead. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think that, you know, for marketing specifically, it is an interesting department. Um, Oftentimes, you are in a position where you're working cross-functionally with almost, it could be at any point, like any department. Uh, and not all departments have that sort of overlap. It, you know, varies on company and industry and all of that. But all of the places I've been, marketing has to work very closely with different departments. And so I think really figuring out your communication style and how to communicate with others becomes essential for being on a marketing team. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of heartache and you're going to have a lot of frustrating moments because you're going to get that heartache and frustrating moments, even if you do feel like you're a good communicator. So it's, it's important that like being able to follow through, being able to, like you mentioned earlier, knowing how to project manage. I feel like I'm project managing constantly in marketing. Even if there is an assigned project manager, I'm project managing myself. Or like micro project managing, not in like the negative way, but just like on a smaller scale, 
Not micromanaging. <laughs> not micromanaging. <laughs> micro project managing, which is better. <laughs> it's it's a thing. I don't know. Different. Different. Yeah, it's different. It's way better. And oftentimes it's to myself yeah. because what you're doing in marketing, I don't know. A lot of the marketing teams I've been on have been so collaborative Mm-hmm. even within a marketing team that you depend on individuals, even if you're in a role where you're kind of having to do a lot of things, you're still waiting on others in some form to often help you with uh, finishing a project or getting something out the door. Oh yeah. hundred percent agree. I mean, I think that as a professional starting out, figuring out your communication style is invaluable any in any department because you're going to know more about how those styles are broken down so even knowing yourself better will help you recognize in other people maybe how they like to be communicated with but i mean in marketing totally especially in marketing you end up being at least the center point between sales and tn projects you're doing usually it's between you and product and sales the CS team, like usually marketing ends up being this kind of like linchpin that you really do have to have to know how to communicate with a lot of different kinds of people and make sure things are getting out the door. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think that (laughs) as silly as it is, like doing the personality quizzes that I know you and I have both done, like (laughs) Enneagram and things like that, it just helps you understand why you're getting frustrated at someone else. And not just being frustrated. It helps you problem solve, which I think is super important. Oh, yeah. I would guarantee that a lot of marketers are individuals who are very comfortable with self-help and very comfortable with doing that inner work and introspection and figuring out who they are. And because in a way, like marketing is also very intrigued by human behavior so there's this psychology component so as much as we want to know what makes other people tick so that we can engage with them in the market we also want to know like what makes us tick and testing those things out and testing out those theories so we're kind of essentially scientists yeah we're these psychologists of your company so watch out you're gonna get analyzed (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's probably because we've analyzed ourselves previously. So I, yeah, I completely agree. Those, you know, um, Myers-Briggs, the uh, DISC assessment, Enneagram, like, hell, you could even do your love language quiz and see how it all boils down. And it's going to give you some insight into a lot of different, uh, you know, what makes you able to do your job? Yep, exactly. It sounds cheesy, but figuring out motivators, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it gives you a lot of insight. For sure. So from here, do we want to look forward? Do we want to like kind of talk about where we're going? <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> I don't know. I just can't stop singing Cotton Eye Joe in my head. I know you do. It's the best song to have as like a recurring soundtrack behind you. Ugh. Gosh, that's going to be our new season two. We'll get new music. It's just going to be somehow get the rights to Cotton Eye Joe. (laughs) Acoustic Cotton Eye Joe. Yes. Yeah. Where are we going? Where are we? (laughs) I don't know. I guess what are we, you know, not making resolutions because I think both you and I agree 
that resolutions just are not productive. It took me a while to get there, but resolutions are not productive, especially this. They're just not going to, <laughs> not going to serve us super well. No, especially looking at how this year went, right? Like you set this, I mean, the timing was kind of incredible in 2020, but we all set resolutions if we did in December and then the pandemic hit immediately after. And then what, yeah. what are you left with? Just disappointment. So yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to set a, a resolution, but no, <laughs> we can talk about, I guess, what we are prioritizing in our careers. Mm-hmm. I think that would be good to look forward to what we're looking forward to in the next year. Those are always good. Yeah. Positive. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, what I guess what are we prioritizing? I am prioritizing balancing my honestly balancing my work life with my personal life, especially because I mean, I was remote before the pandemic hit, right? We've talked about that. But I as it's getting dark and it's winter and there's no daylight. And even when there is in Portland, it's like gloomy and the sun never rises. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> get that vitamin D. <laughs> I know. My mom was like, do you, did you get a sad lamp? It's really helpful. I was like, okay. Yeah. It's a good I mean, idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as you know, winter has hit, I find myself working even more than I, than I used to. It's just way easier to work longer than I should. And especially because that's one of the only things that makes me feel like productive in my day because it's it's so gratifying to get a project done, right? So I think that something I've been trying to prioritize is cutting out arbitrary deadlines and figuring out what is actually important for me to get done in the right order so that I'm not stressing out about hitting a deadline that doesn't matter. And so that I'm not working into the night and sacrificing working out or making a real meal or doing something for myself, some kind of like self-care. So it's something I've been trying to prioritize. Have I been 100% successful? No, but next year, I'm going to keep doing it. (laughs) It's something that takes practice. Yeah. Doesn't happen overnight. Or even within like a week of just trying it takes a lot of practice. I love that. I, when I was trying to think of like, what am I prioritizing? Balance came to mind for me as well. I think it's going to be something that a lot of people feel uh, the need to prioritize. And for me, it's just the like concept of that we're sitting in front of our computers and we're working so much, so much. And for what? I mean, there's things. There's things for us to work for. But I think this year has really shined a light on the fact that we need to make sure we're taking care of ourselves, that we're taking care of our loved ones, that we're taking care of our community, and that working a nine to five job really eats up a lot of your time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, while you might have some days that you work long, that's okay. But Try to then make sure that's not happening every day and then week after week and making sure to like sign off. I've been really trying to make sure that I sign off at a reasonable time and that I also, you know, being in a new job is kind of hard for this, but that I make sure to take days off. So, you know, I don't have a ton of PTO accrued and also with the holidays coming up, it sort of is like baked in days off, but I'm already looking ahead at like January and February and thinking like, all right, where am I going to take some days off to just fully unplug and fully step away from work? 
-hmm. because a lot of times I'm guessing a lot of individuals have PTO that rolls over because they haven't used it. And goodness knows you're not saving it for a vacation right now. (laughs) So it's worth using. It's worth taking. There's a lot of guilt that I think sometimes becomes associated with taking time off and there shouldn't be. And if there is in your organization, this culture of not taking time off, ooh, buddy, let's talk because you should not be under the impression that you can't take time off. We don't, we don't owe anybody else that much of our time. So trying to prioritize, like keeping that at the forefront of my mind uh, and recognizing that my time is valuable and that it's mine to spend as I want to. Here we got to stick it to the, to the man. <laughs> Well, I mean, we give a lot of our life to work. It's very normalized to work that like Monday through Friday. We say nine to five, but really it's more like eight to six for a lot of people. So you're not taking like a lunch break. You're not taking breaks at all. You're not going outside. Like you really are sacrificing a lot of time um, for one thing. And if that's not something you believe in, it's hard. Yeah. Or you maybe took like a break on Monday. But then it's, you know, Thursday and you haven't taken a break since then. That doesn't count. No. You should daily be taking time to step away. And it's really easy to not step away. Yep. It sounds so basic, but it's so needed. So, yeah. And so overlooked, I guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm part of our culture committee at work and cool it's awesome we do we get to decide all the fun things that we do so it's a really great place for me to to be but I thought it was really interesting our last meeting um, someone brought up that they've been having a hard time with productivity and I thought it was such an interesting uh, concept to share during during a culture committee because usually it's very like let's celebrate the holidays uh, but it was such a very vulnerable and honest perspective. And, and they were like, you know, I feel like I feel like no one ever talks about how normal it is to have days where you don't feel productive. And, you know, maybe this is something we even have another episode about. But yeah. it was so endearing and so just uh, relatable to say, like, sometimes I have days where I cannot my brain doesn't want to do this. I don't want to work. I can't be productive. And I feel like I sometimes need tips on how to get back into being productive or how to balance my schedule so that I feel like I have consistent productivity. And so our company is working on on that and at least sharing our our perspectives on it with each other, which I feel like is a good first step. But one thing that they that we talked about was the concept of just like taking time to think. And so it was like scheduling time in your calendar to not be doing anything. So you're not working, you're not doing like a block so that no one puts a meeting there. You're actually like blocking time to not do anything because your brain can't just not do anything. It has to think about things. Right. (laughs) And I almost wonder in this era of like we're cranking away on our computers for work, we've almost removed that time where we normally would have like commuted to work or you know, gone for a walk or had lunch with someone or had lunch alone, where you would have just kind of thought about whatever came to mind. And I feel like your your subconscious kind of does a lot of powerlifting that maybe we're missing out on right now. So I thought it was really interesting and, and kind of lends to this like self-care, self, like making time for yourself. So 
Um, yeah, for your mental lift to kind of like yeah. take a break. Yeah, 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 and not think about like your grocery list or your yeah. to do list. Like, yeah. just kind of give yourself a moment. Yeah, it's like shower like thoughts. Like, yeah, sometimes your best thoughts come to you in the shower. <laughs> Why is that? Because you're not stressing out about other stuff. You're just like, I'm doing one thing, yeah. and I'm I'm good. Yeah, you're letting your thoughts come and go as they as they please. Yeah, they should, like make like a, they should make like a dry erase board for showers where you can just like <laughs> yes, brainstorm. <laughs> Truly. All right, we're cutting this out so no one steals my idea. <laughs> Copyright. Yeah, you got to get a patent, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I think that I love that idea of just cutting out some time for yourself uh, to to not be producing, to not be doing, just to kind of be uh there and whatever that looks like and that it is a very real thing i had a day the other day where i was just so distracted could not focus was just maxed out and i just kept saying like oh i'm so distracted like i need to focus i need to focus and i just kept beating myself up and i was like all right this isn't working <laughs> what what do i have to do and i still need to figure that out but then you know the next day i came back i got better sleep and I came back and was like, let's go. And I cranked it, a lot of stuff out that I needed to, which was great. Doesn't always go that way. Sometimes you have back-to-back days of distraction um, where you just can't get in sync and you can't get it. And that's a very real thing. But I like the idea of a quick win of just maybe taking some time where you block out your calendar and it's not task-related. Yeah, it's not productive necessarily. I think we have a hard time with that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, being remote in, you know, our situations, not being able to travel at all, uh, to like see people in the office, not having people that are, you know, based in the office right now, there's this urgency and there's this sense that we have to be hyper productive. We're like overcompensating during a pandemic. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, and I yeah, if I don't if I finish the day and I haven't talked to my team like anyone on my team in person, like on Zoom, not in person, uh, if I haven't talked to anybody or if I haven't like checked a big project off of my list, I feel I'm like in a slump at the end of the day. I'll feel like I didn't do anything, even if I worked all day. It's just not, it's not healthy. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe, you know, one of the things we prioritize is like reassessing and redefining how we categorize success and productivity and our self-worth. Like, why is it so tightly aligned or entwined with our productivity? Yeah. Woof. Let's talk about going deep on introspection and uh, <laughs> the psychology behind things. <laughs> Welcome to our next segment, Whoever, Therapy Sessions with right. Sarah and Jess. <laughs> Whoever our, like, long-time listeners end up being will know so much about us that they will be able to predict uh, what we say, I think, because we're very like open yeah, about our motivation. Sure. <laughs> okay, so we talked about what we're prioritizing right now, which naturally goes into the next year. Let's talk a little bit about what we're we're hoping for in the next year, or kind of manifesting for ourselves um, in this next year. Does any of that resonate with you, Jess? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. For me, what I'm manifesting is I want to be a little bit more confident in myself. Being in a new job 
and being in a new industry, I've definitely felt some of my old insecurities come out. And I know what I'm capable of. And I know that I can do the job at hand. But I am manifesting really being confident in myself and being able to identify that in myself, not having to seek outside validation for that, not having to have somebody else tell me like, oh, no, Jess, like, you've totally got this. You're, you're great. Like, just being able to have that own kind of pep talk with myself and truly knowing, knowing my worth and where I stand. That's one of the things that that comes to mind for me. What about you, Sarah? Yeah, no, I love that. I feel like I still seek validation. So let me know if you have any tips as you uh, go on. Manifesting. Um, we'll see. <laughs> TBD. I so I am managing a person for the first time starting next year. Oh, so excited! Yay! Uh, which I'm thrilled for, and I'm nervous for naturally, but I think it'll be great. And so I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out this new balance of how to manage myself and the expectations of myself and those with those around me. And now this direct report and uh, how to kind of protect without hovering. I sound like I'm becoming a parent, kind of. Um, <laughs> you don't want to be the helicopter mom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to throw them in the deep end of the pool, but I don't want to helicopter either. No. Um, so I'm trying to 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 prepare myself for for that, and also emotionally prepare myself for. Sarah a year from now that's going to look back on this year and be like yeah man it was your first time and the first time is always going to be flawed so that's okay (laughs) so that's what I'm going to like carry through I think for the year is just kind of like acceptance for myself and for this little person that I'm guiding into their first real job holy crap yeah there's a lot of um I think grace that you'll have to give yourself and making sure that you do kind of ask as many questions like of the individual and of your peers and of your, you know, leadership team to kind of crowdsource. I think that was one of the things that proved to be really helpful when I stepped into managing an individual because you take on the responsibility of whether it's one person or a team of multiple people you take on a responsibility of like being an advocate for that individual. And so you want to make sure you're not going to screw them up, which right. very much does feel like a parent um, from what I've heard of like, you know, individuals who I know that aren't at that point in their lives. But yeah, I think it'll be really exciting. I'm so excited for you. I'm excited. I'm it's reminding me of like being a captain of a team and I'm feeling very like nostalgic, which is strange. And also, I'm the oldest sibling of, you know, of three. True. So it's like, I feel like I have these inherent skills that I'm now going to put to use. I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. I can't mm-hmm. wait. It'll be really fun. I think you'll enjoy it a lot. I hope so. Well, Sarah, I'm really excited for what 2021 is going to bring for us. And I feel like it 2020, through all the ups and downs, uh, has definitely brought us some really cool things. like finally creating an opportunity and space for us to develop this podcast. I guess. The date officially became what it was always wanting to be. 
<laughs> and it was just a glimmer in our eye. <laughs> and I think it's pretty cool to look back at where we've come from, from our podcast and where we, you know, what we were able to cover in eight episodes. Yeah. Definitely. We've covered a lot. I mean, it's been, you know, I thought there would be kind of a consistent running theme and maybe it was just 2020 because it was (laughs) a remote world and everything was kind of new and that affected every area of our life, really. But I mean, we covered a lot of different things. I agree. I think, you know, it's been really special. I think when we started this out, we wanted to create a space to connect with individuals, but also to like connect with each other and have a project that continued to bring us together. Even as our lives changed, we moved jobs, we moved apartments, you know, we don't live across the hall from each other anymore. (laughs) So sad, but uh, this has been a really wonderful constant in all of it. And it's been such an amazing creative outlet And it's been so encouraging having our family and friends reach out to us and say that they listened to an episode or that something resonated with them or having people uh, call back to one of our episodes in a conversation with us. Like that is a really special feeling. And to know that we've played at least a small part in connecting people together or hopefully making individuals feel heard or feel seen or not feel alone in something they're experiencing. That's pretty cool. Definitely. I mean, that's why we wanted to do this in the first place. And I'm so glad that it's been just that, right? It's been like the perfect little 2020 gift. And it's such an easy way to stay connected virtually too. So I'm, I'm glad that we did this. And I look forward to doing this next year. Who knows what it'll bring? I know we have some ideas. Um, I also know we're not planning on taking any time off from producing these episodes. Ooh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll keep them coming on the full moon. Maybe more recent. I mean, more frequently. Who knows? Because yeah. you know, sometimes we accidentally talk too much. Um, Things are so yeah. wild in 2021. It's a new year. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And you know, for season two, it is coming. We'll start back up on the full moon in January, 2021. So don't worry, you'll still get to hear from us. Um, And I think that, you know, it's a really great time for us to just thank everybody for following along. Thank everyone for listening. Uh, Don't forget, you can subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter, but good luck seeing anything get posted there. Uh, (laughs) And you can also follow us um, and become a patron on Patreon if you feel uh, interested in doing that. And if you've been enjoying what you're hearing. Yeah. Thanks guys for being here. Thanks for listening and thanks for making the season so great. We'll see you next time. Yeah. See you next year. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.